Hello and welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And we are still in Kayfabe-tober. This is the list of the prompts for 2023. Been seeing some very beautiful drawings from our talented audience already. If you guys are participating in Kayfabe-tober, or if you haven't yet and you want to jump in, by all means, any day is a good day to start. But be sure and tag us so that we can see your drawings and so everybody else can find your drawings as well. We do have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon with three levels of participation. You can get our videos early, and at the King Kayfaber level, you get all of our videos first because you actually sit in on the recording session, and uh, when you see a book that you want to add to your collection, you'll be the first one to scoop it up that way, get ahead of the Kayfabe effect, which means rare books disappear or they go up in price quickly. So uh, check out the Patreon, see which level works best for you. And finally, we are a daily cartoonist uh, kayfabe channel which means we have about 1500 videos in our back catalog and you can search those on the cartoonist kayfabe homepage on youtube there's a little bar with a magnifying glass put in your favorite comic book or your favorite cartoonist and see if we have a video for you uh, chances are we do or we have one adjacent so check that out and uh, check out the back catalog and when you find a video you love be sure and share that uh, it is the way we grow this channel and we get new viewers and subscribers all right ed today we are looking at ralph steadman a life in ink this is an amazing book. I just picked it up and it's been living on my nightstand for like a month going through this thing. Stedman, one of the great drawers and one of the great drawers in ink. Uh, you'll see as we go through a lot of cartooning, even on the cover, a little bit of photo put in there, but then these marks of just pure cartooning line. Very chaotic line, a line that we don't often see in the more polished world of American comic books. And I love this line. It's so unique to him. You just see this and you think Stedman. Yes. And, and, and how often does that happen in a person's career? Yes. He's a guy who incorporates a lot of this kind of, um, the materials themselves, you know, with the splatters and the drips and probably the ink nibs getting stuck on the, on the page and then splattering out. And if you talk, if you get into his process, which the beginning of this book does have a little bit of background on how he works, that kind of chance is something that he brings to the studio, you know, working on these blank pages every day and really getting comfortable going from blank page to having ink washes and dumps and drips and all of these happy accidents that he then incorporates into his work. Pretty fantastic. And we'll kind of go through this, maybe skip around a bit as we as we go along. Um, you see Hunter S. Thompson, I think, easily identified here. Somebody that Stedman collaborated with extensively throughout uh, Hunter's life, and, a, and I think the two are very closely associated. Off camera, uh, we were talking, uh, I, I was trying to see if some of his work for the Bonnie Doon Vineyard uh, was was in this book, and it's not, but uh, I went to work with that vineyard as well, and when we brought up the Stedman part in the comic that I did for, for that, like I had to do my version of that. You know what? I stand corrected. Self-portrait. Yeah. I see a bald guy and I think uh, Hunter S. Thompson <laughs> because the, the, the pictures here are a little bit younger of Stedman in these photos. You know, you don't don't quite see that look, but his studio sounds amazing. And again, this this extra text material really fills in some of those gaps. But we're just going to jump right in and start looking at some of this artwork. Is this a Tashin book? I don't know who publishes this book. I don't believe it's Tash Chronicle. Okay. But it... 1960 on this date this is mostly arranged chronologically so you know we're looking at 60 years of artwork here yeah yeah he's fantastic you could very very cogent speaker you could find some good interviews with him around and shit if he's still around ralph let's get the shoot interview yeah i would love to because i it's such an adventurous artist and again i mentioned you know kind of moving about this is 1954 this these is, pieces this is my favorite stuff of like 
when you go visit the uh, Warhol Museum down, downtown uh, and you start at the top floor and it's the earliest part of uh, Warhol's career, you get to see where the illustration game was and how kind of sophisticated uh, illustration was at, at this exact time. You know, they were contemporaries uh, in, in magazine illustration. Yeah, that's fantastic to put it in context. Absolutely. But you see the adventure, how adventurous he is, like bringing in collage elements and because and mixing materials all over. Yeah, you see stuff like that. And because we are cartoonists kayfabe, uh, you got to say Sienkiewicz, yes. you know, as, as like pulling a lot from uh, Stedman. And, and we're going to see that bag of tricks here. Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned his line being this like courageous, bold, almost abstract line at times. The only guy I can think of that really does that is uh, Sienkiewicz in terms of in comics, in a Marvel DC comic book artist way. But I love this stuff too. You know, thinking about cartooning with Ralph Steadman, like he's using that language. You know, oh, yeah. like, literally that's a word balloon. Yeah, absolutely. The the ink pens that he will use, you know, just, just like those Warhol uh, illustrations, it will be like, it'll, it's the wrong nibs for like what we're supposed to be using them for. It would be those like C nibs with the flat, the lettering nibs mm -hmm. and you'll see those marks yeah often you see it like here where it's a thin line where you're almost dragging that lettering nib across calligraphy pen and then whenever you pull it down you get the wide part the chisel tip uh coming into effect and you know there have been cartoonists that, that work on that uh jim mafood uses some of those chisel tips it's a pretty fun instrument to draw from if you've never tried it at home and you and you're into drawing i would say grab a couple of those calligraphy pens and play with them because they are very fun to draw with a lot of color too. His ability to go back and forth between color and black and white stands out to me. But I think he's just a master at, at graphic art. Absolutely. A lot of these uh, straight lines too are worked in. And I think that creates the contrast between that kind of like lively, like I'm dragging this pen nib against the grain across paper. But then you have these controlled, very straight lines as a contrast to that. And I think it probably makes it pop even further whenever he's getting very organic and allowing chance to enter the compositions. Yeah, I was so thrilled to be looking at this. I was looking at this, uh, you know, I've been looking at it for about a month and now Hirschfeld is another cartoonist I think of that has that like a great line. Yeah. And I've seen video of him and I swear he pushes the pen nib across the paper in a way that I don't think is possible. Right. Except like there's video of him doing it. But he's another guy I think of whenever I think of like the great pen lines. And look at this kind of loose, free, the shapes are there. We recognize that as a hand, but there's no attention to like, oh, I'm going to look at a hand reference. Let me take a photograph. Yeah. So, so much of what the illustrators would, would do from back in the day is, is, um, they would hold the implement in a strange way to yeah. achieve these funky lines. So they might hold it as far back as you possibly could to get a, like a mark on the page. And so there's a wobble that happens there. And there are lines that just you would not be able to get if you were holding it like you were taught in kindergarten. Yes. The other benefit to me of looking at a book like this is like seeing the way he's kind of creating different textures and values and, and just mashing up lines together. Like this is all stuff that you could incorporate as a pen and ink artist. When, when, when you were kids, man, there was always that kid in class who was so proud that he started to sprout a little bit yeah. of hair <laughs> above his lip and he never wanted to shave it because it took him 12 years to grow it. And it would look about like that. We call that the DTM, Dirty Teenage Mustache. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. I bet everybody watching can identify the couple they, they, of kids that were like that in their school. Yeah, it's the middle school version of the Kool-Aid smile that that like little little yes. goofball kids would have in like first grade. <laughs> and usually it might even be the same kids. The kid who had the Kool-Aid smile might have the DTM. A lot of collage throughout this book. 
um, not just materials, but even like pulling things, I guess, out of magazines and just, just kind of putting them all together on, on pages or on canvases. But he also does this where he'll put a note in Ralph Steadman's words in regards to a piece, a subject, a time period, materials. I find it so engaging and it's not big in-depth uh, reviews of the work. It's just a note here or there. Not every drawing has that, which in some ways makes it better. Uh, you know, whenever there's when he has something to say, I guess, is when he chooses to put something in there. The lettering, too, is something that really pops to me in terms of some comic reference there, but just one more piece of beautiful line incorporating the artist's hand and, and one more element to play with on a composition. And it's that kind of uh, calligraphy that is like uh, on um, the Declaration of Independence that you almost can't read. Yeah. Yeah, and just lets things like, oh, the pen the pen snagged, you know, there was a piece of fiber in the pen nib, so the ink would just pour it out on that letter end. Love it. Yeah. This video is brought to you by the books that we make. Street Angel Princess of Poverty is my next release from Image Comics. This will be in comic book shops late November. You need to pre-order that one now. It collects all the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl alive. I am self-publishing and will be selling these on jimrug.com. In late October, October 26th, these go on sale. True Crime Funnies, three nonfiction stories, 1986 zine celebrating the biggest year in comics history, and BW, a collection of black and white explosion and self-published titles from the 80s. And Hulk Grand Design, my contribution to the Grand Design history, is uh, basically sold out. So pick that one up if you haven't already added it and your short store still has a copy, you want to grab that. Ed Piscor's Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus, collecting all of the Hip Hop Family Tree, plus 140 extra pages, is now in finer bookstores and comic shops everywhere in one beautiful volume. Add that to your shelf before it's too late. X-Men Grand Design, the trilogy, collecting all three volumes of X-Men Grand Design, will be coming to comic shops in late November. Pre-order that one now. And finally, Ed Piscor's Red Room, Trigger Warnings, and the Antisocial Network are both available wherever you buy books or comics. And a third volume, Crypto Killers, will be out in January. And now back to the video. In contrast between these two drawings, right? Very clean lines here versus like, we're just attacking the page, page right. surface, probably ruining a couple of pen nibs in the process. You, know, you can see splatters, you can see bleeds, and then very controlled and tight here. Yeah, insanely. And I believe this is from a book, an Alice Through the Looking Glass, a book or a series. You know, did several books that are kind of like, I don't want to say adaptations, but almost like making an illustrated edition of these books. Sure. So you'll have series of, uh, of drawings that cover the same material. Yeah, and it makes sense, man. Those old like John Tenniel woodcuts from Through the Looking Glass, like they, they served a generation, they served generations worth of influence. Also a nightmare quality sure. to a lot of his designs. Yeah, I mean, perfect, uh, perfect juxtaposition with uh hunter thompson yeah no doubt about it some fun stories in here too about meeting hunter s thompson and working together and some anecdotes that he experienced with hunter s thompson it's an amazing collaboration because it is like the liter the, the hunter thompson's the literary version of stedman yeah it's a, it's a perfect union yeah and personally they seem completely different yeah you know like outside of what you see on the page it's like hunter thompson maniac stedman english gentleman uh, but somehow they made magic together. I linger on this because it's one of the most nightmarish images again that I've seen. And it's Disney. You know what I mean? It's uh, kind of surprised we can even show this and talk about it. But it's almost pure Disney and it's a nightmare. And again, back to the lettering, right? The guy that has all the tools, all the graphic tools in his toolbox. Yeah, you know, looking at this stuff, I I, I imagine Pettybone must must have pulled, pulled some... Uh... 
yeah, energy another, from Stedman. It's another good reference. And I never, thought, I never nice, thought about uh, it. We have a nice Pettibone video for people who maybe haven't looked at his work that much through the lens of cartooning. Uh, might be something to check out as a follow-up to this episode. And caricature. Yeah. You know, having Nixon in these straight edges for back background, really great stuff. It's all in that nose, man. Yeah, completely. You see some white media being used on these hands. Yeah. The contrast, Sigmund Freud, another uh, series, I think he did this for a book, I believe, but did a series on Sigmund Freud, so you see several of those pieces in this. It's more of bi biographical stuff rather than just people fucking all, all over the place. <laughs> right. But again, with these almost abstract hands. That's an incredible hand. Egon Schiele might be an influence uh, that Stedman looked at when he was young or something. One of the things I wish comics would talk more about is this kind of like line quality. You know, it's it's such a default of having like a slick, almost like a Dave Stevens kind of line. But look at the contrast between the lines of the hair versus like these these lines that are making up that abstract hand. Even the smudge is is kind of functioning like a line. Yeah, yeah, there's Japanese uh, calligraphy or, or like some of the, you know, the Hokusai kind of would ha have those kinds of lines and things. Pretty cool seeing them bring in texture and color. Yeah. Just as like an accent. I don't even know what to, it's overwhelming looking at this stuff. This is usually what happens to me. Like I'm getting ready to go to sleep and then it's like, okay, I got to put this down and look at something a little bit more less interesting. Yeah, totally. Like I've been ha having that problem a lot. Like, like reading before bed, it's like now I'm inspired. How am I supposed to sleep? Right. I used to always talk about like cartoonists that would make me want to draw whenever I'd be looking at their pages or reading their comic books. And that's the response I have to this stuff. It just is so much like, get on a piece of paper. I got to drag a nib across a piece of paper after looking at a few of these. I can't tell here, but I feel like there's maybe some airbrush worked into this as well. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real mashup tool-wise. And again, he talks about his process in the beginning and you get this sense of like, he's got a studio full of art supplies and following instincts, making some marks and then reacting to those. Whatever the job calls for. Ability to draw stuff very realistically, very rigorously, or just do it with one line. Yeah, totally. And I think uh, for like the more commercial stuff, I, th I think he, he bangs that stuff out fast. And I think maybe there might be iterations. Like, uh, if you could bang it out that quick, like, do three of them. Yeah. Did a series on Leonardo da Vinci. That's what uh, a bunch of these pages are. Love that. The white canvas is the middle of your of your piece. The scary blank canvas. Yeah, so bright, too. How about that for a kind of cool effect? Capturing a guy just working madly. You see all the pages around him, but how do you represent that in the actual drawing of the guy? And several faces... Uh, bleeding over on top of each other. Totally, and the candlelight suggests nighttime, so the guy's just been at it all day and can't stop. Yeah, and to go from that, this portrait of Leonardo da Vinci to, I assume, maybe a political editorial type illustration here. That ain't Phyllis Diller? <laughs> but quite a range, man, quite a range, just of your, uh, your mental, the way you're thinking. Collage elements? A lot of that. Collage elements going from ink marks into figures like bursting out of those cartoon language you know of like your clouds could be a could be a Popeye fight there yeah it's a fantastic resource and like I said we probably aren't going to go through this entire thing it's about 500 pages but it's a beautiful book in that regard because like full color reproductions of these things yeah no that's got to be a Hunter Thompson yes a doctored Hunter S Thompson 1982 
man. It's it's incredible how much these two, they're almost Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Right. The two of these guys working together. As big as their careers are on their own, they just did something different whenever they merged together. Absolutely. And I and I wonder what he has to say, because I seem to remember, it wasn't like the fondest recollections. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. There's a little bit of mention. I think they met at like a Kentucky Derby or something early on. Great book. Yeah. <laughs> Great <laughs> book, man. Yes, I, I can't imagine like running around with Hunter S. Thompson. That's one of those books that I read, uh, you know, 12, 13 years old, whenever I finally was allowed to uh, use the adult section of the of the library. I remember uh, whenever I got like my first job after school and I'd be online, Hunter S. Thompson was writing for ESPN.com, which was just weird. I think he was writing for them whenever, whenever he died. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like some of his last writing was published on ESPN.com. Which is just bizarre. Dot com money too. The, the, those days. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Would have been early two thousands. So, <laughs> whiskey drip. Some of this stuff is just pure comics. It just looks like this is just a cartoonist. Yeah. You know, if this is the only image that you had to think about Ralph Steadman, you'd have a totally different impression of him. It's quite a range and quite a bit of confidence to be able to go so broad between these different styles. Yeah, playing with colored inks. And that's like a full-on painting. All right. Yeah, very humbled in the presence of uh, artists like this. Yeah. 1988, 1985, I was going to say, you can almost see what you were saying about, oh, if you're working fast, you might do a series of right. these. And it feels like these two are almost the same image, same concept, and they aren't. They're completely different. But some parallels there, I think, visually. How about this, man? If he was ever going to do a Doctor Strange, I feel like this is okay. your, uh, you know, your strange Doctor Strange backgrounds no idea even what that one was for again with the great lettering so digging a little bit deeper a little bit more broad maybe than our uh, our typical influences but i think every one of these pages has stuff that you could incorporate into your comics and if your comics really can't accommodate a line or a splatter or maybe mixing media and color at all maybe you should think about broadening a little bit in terms of what you can accommodate graphically totally there's a ton of language in here that i think we could bring to comics and some cartoonists do, for sure. But, you know, like, tell me that's not a better caption treatment than uh, your just standard default version. Right. And he's, he's, he's a guy, like, okay, this is a good example. Like, those are pretty accurate, uh, accurately placed teeth and stuff. I get the sense that he could do proper croquis drawing. And that, and that was always what you would read in interviews and stuff. Like, like you have to sort of know the rules in order to break them. And I think that he's a very, like a young Picasso, right? Like, could, could do perfect figure representation and then, like, gets bored with it and pushes it further. But I do think that his, his fundamentals are way more sound than, like, the little hipsters who are Ralph Steadman fans that just come in, like cold like that and think oh you just do this and you know you make a cool thing the the roots and the foundation are are there and uh what what the fun part about games really is the rules to kind of keep things in sequence and i think he has a lot of fundamentals of the rules i just had to see if that was the cardinals in pretty amazing going in from like these loose sketches and wash to then like a very detailed illustration in the middle of it. You know what, I lingered on this page because I wanted to, to read this quote. I always carried what I learned drafting with me. The pure straight lines and precision still fascinate, but I like to contrast them with chaos. And I think that speaks to the fundamentals that you talk about, Ed, of like what he 
can draw. Right. And uh, it seems like he comes from that formal background. Like, look at this. You know, you don't see you don't see anything coming out. Like, it, these are perfect lines, and you need two or three tools to uh, to do this. And, and, and to get these concentric circles like that, where they're completely parallel, so he knows how to slang the ink compass, and the dot, like the dot is right there. You can see where it is, where it all kind of comes out of and everything. Yeah, there's a lot on this page. You know, like I was studying like this triangle, and then it's a triangle inside of a triangle with the parallel lines, like completing that, that shape. It's yeah, there's a, na there's a name for that. All of these images, by the way, that we've been looking at since this one are all part of something called the Big I Am from 1995. It's fun because some of them look like they could be straight from Victorian times. Yeah, it's interesting to think of a series of images that look so different from one page to the next and somehow they are part of the same book story. You know, I'm not sure what, what that Big I Am was, but could it was a, a series of images that fit together. One piece that's missing from this, in my opinion, is sizes. I'd love yeah. to know how big these pages are. Because that can be intimidating, I find, if you have a big piece of paper, but you're drawing with a pen nib. It's like a fine thread that you're putting down on this gigantic field of paper. Right. What do you think he makes these marks with? Yeah, just like a big goopy brush. Yeah, watered-down ink or paint or something. But then hits it with that airbrush, and then when you see that little piece, man... Then Peter Cooper comes to mind. Animal Farm, another series that he that he worked on. I guess it was an illustrated edition of Animal Farm. I, a perfect I artist for that comic. Yeah, four, four, four legs good, two legs bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely breathtaking, some of these ideas. And a thoughtful artist. There it is, man. Yeah, the idea of kind of reading a text and then trying to pull illustrations that actually can carry their weight against a very good text. The way it was done. Not an easy task. That's kind of cool piling in, you know, the precision that he mentioned in that quote. You can imagine in a lot of these pieces, whenever you see collaged elements that are coming in, especially of like these just detailed engraving type uh, elements. <laughs> Polo's my life. <laughs> Like, who thinks to add this? Yeah, that's incredible. A little scoliosis spine. You gotta know where the crumpet is to play cricket. And as we get into kind of these, this is late 1998 here, uh, I think you see more collage. You see his evolution from the beginning of this video as we get further down the road. And then I think this is really interesting because he's combining, uh, you know, looks like photocopies of this cow, right? But then he's drawing on some of them yeah. to really differentiate them, but also... I think to integrate them into the illustration overall. And then he's using like square ass, like ledger, like graph paper mm -hmm. to give you the charts and stuff, you know, like the like paper that accountants have. I always end up with this kind of like, I'll get a couple of sheets of this in different weird places, you know, maybe buy a box at a flea market or my dad will pick something up like that. And I have like the oddest collection of a couple pages of graph paper that yeah I, I didn't even think of that 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 would be like economist or somebody that's doing business graphs yeah you know in my mind every graph piece of paper is drafting but who knows what that stuff is for it's it's just like it's a lost industry or a lost method i mean the place you would get that shit uh new would be like office depot you know If you read all of the under information too, you get a sense of just how broad his career is. 
like there's stuff for theatrical shows and things. So really a guy who I think is respected and just a lot of industries want his artwork. A lot of book covers right. and a lot of editorial. Yeah, I bet his day planner's crazy. Can't even imagine. Because he does seem to work very freely. So like I don't know how that works within a freelance capacity. I guess maybe you get a job and you just start thinking that way. You know, whatever that job may be, reading if it's uh you know, if it's editorial or if it's related to some kind of a book publication. A little bit more traditional drawing, you know, you can see some of his probably going back to 30 or 40 years whenever he was learning figure drawing. But you see that crop up a lot. Obviously, people the subject of most of his artwork in this book. So you get a chance as you go through to kind of see how far he stretches the figure drawing part of what, what he's able to do. But then he can go very simple in these hands. <laughs> Look at that face. Yeah, man. He does a lot of this circle piece and I don't know what that's from because it doesn't look that easy to make he does it a bunch and I wonder if that's a template that is like almost a rub off or rub on whatever that would be fun whenever he does color but again that's that's a photocopied shark head you know that's being repeated but integrated really pushing it, it reminds me of like fair, fair use or something where it's like clearly whatever this comes from this is a different treatment yeah i mean seamless like you you don't even know where the edges are taking advantage of that line to create forms then that you would add color to and i wonder if some of this is uh you know if there's a digital component at some point in the process because that looked like very flat reds so maybe it's ink maybe it's uh, paint. those, those dyes like when you when you put down duck martin dyes properly like they are very flat like on, on the illustration board? Fahrenheit 451 illustration. Makes sense. Yeah, radical. There's that repeating image motif mm -hmm. that he was using at this period. I think photocopier is something that, that he lists, you know, like whenever he's talking materials and stuff, I believe he has a photocopier in the studio there. So you do see some of these other repeating images or stretched. Yeah. You know, like using it as a tool and seeing what you can pull out of it. I don't know that if you saw on uh, Steve Rude's page, uh, he had his daughter take photos of him while he was talking to us. So she's kind of like behind him, kind of stage left. So behind where the camera, behind where the computer was, where Zoom was, you see uh, Steve Rude's Xerox machine. It's right behind, you know, where he was talking to us. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. This is 2005. Is that Philip Seymour Hoffman? Mm. No, that's not. I'm sure it's not. How about that for a landscape? Made from a backing paper from my, day, my drawing desk, so it's completely random. Yeah, it looks like a no man's land. Yeah. Like those areas, like, like you heard that there are like those areas, like whole chunks of uh, France that just cannot be touched because of uh, munitions and artillery and shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Top hatted gentleman. One for him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Slash? Yeah, record cover sleeve artwork. And it's probably some of these portraits, probably part of what made me think of Al Hirschfeld looking through this and, and kind of 
trying to think of who else does this kind of work. Right. I know that stuff's different, but at the same time, it's portraits. Totally. You know, portraits in ink. Yeah, they're those great uh, portraiteurs uh, who were in like Playboy in the 90s when we were kids. And probably like for a long time uh, you know, before that, that, that would do those like single image, big illustration. Walter White. Yeah. Couple of Breaking Bad pieces for the for the DVD. Oh, is that that's Mike? Yeah, that's Mike Airman Trout. That's right. Them eyes, man. Couple Better Call more. Saul. Saul <laughs> Odin Kirk's a comic book guy. I was listening to the uh, the the Klaus shoot interview, and uh, we were talking about the catalog that Klaus put out that people can order original art. And he said he kept all the names and, and info. And Bob Odenkirk, you know, it's only years later he's like, oh man, Amy Poehler, like. You know, those were some of his clients, his patrons. It'd be very interesting to see a list of that. The, the people that are buying up comic art, you know, the people in the nineties and stuff might not think about. I feel like Janine Garofalo was was a fan of the alternative comics, and of course, Patton Oswalt, comics fan. There's quite a few of them out there. It's funny too, like wrestlers. You see, you know, the what used to be like secret comic book fans. Now you can kind of find out about. It's not as much of a secret anymore. Yeah, man. Corey Graves, or as we know him, Sterling James Keenan, hang out at my mama's house talking preacher comics for hours on end when we were kids. All right, so that's kind of the, uh, the the overview of this book. If you want to benefit from this book, it's really something that you just need to spend time with. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like these, these pictures are, uh, many of them worth a thousand words each, so you're not going to get it in just a flip through, but it's a pretty, pretty damn nice collection. I would often get Stedman books out of the library. Mm -hmm. So if you have a good library system, you might find some of his work there. But again, I think if you're a cartoonist and you're trying to think about graphics and lines and ink, you need to spend a little bit of time looking at this guy because like he pushes that boundary aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. Big bi bibliography of those kinds of books, man. There would be the kids at art school who, whose main influence was Stedman. And I knew dudes that had, you know, this amount of, of books, you know, half dozen yeah, he's definitely got a big a big amount of shelf uh, of the books that have collect his artwork. So not a hard artist to find, but definitely one that is worth everyone's time. Good to go. I am. Gay favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Kayfabe-tober is still upon us. These are your prompts for your, for your drawings this uh, season. Make sure you add us, make sure you tag us in those images, make sure we see those images, and we are going to uh, share and we retweet as many of these uh, as possible. The videos are brought to you. Uh, in part by the patrons, uh, the King Kayfabers on the Patreon get all the videos before anybody else, thus mitigating the Kayfabe effect. We are a daily YouTube channel with more than 1,500 videos at your disposal. We might have talked about some of your favorites, so hit the search field in uh, the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Search for your favorite comics, check out those episodes, but if we didn't cover your favorite comics, you have to let us know what those comics are so that we can push those uh, titles a little bit higher up on our to read pile ultimately the videos are brought to you by the books that we make jim rug and myself we are a working and functioning cartoonist this is a healthy blend of our bibliography right now but we're making stuff all the time and that time is now the hip-hop family tree omnibus is out in stores make sure you scoop this sucker up man it's the best book i ever made collecting all four volumes of hip-hop family tree inside of one handy gold foil hardcover with a bunch of new material so even if you got those original volumes there's plenty enough here to justify your purchase x-men grand design trilogy trade paperback 
is coming to you in November, collecting all of my X-Men Grand Design works, and uh, some of those volumes are out of print as we speak. I'm serializing a daily strip uh, that uh, is going to be coming out January 1st, 2024. It's called Switchblade Shorties, but if you are on my Patreon, you're going to get early access to uh, those strips. Thank you guys so much for uh, joining the Patreon. I received a whole bunch of feedback. Uh, in the past a week or two I put out new strips every Tuesday for uh, the early adopters to enjoy Red Room has been the focus for the past couple of years uh, there are two trade paperbacks out there the anti-social network and trigger warnings these are self-contained uh, these each contain four self-contained stories so it doesn't matter which one you read first but there's going to be a, a third volume called crypto killers coming out in January that I want to let you guys know about man save 20 bucks from your uh, Christmas and Hanukkah loot and scoop up the uh, Red Room Crypto Killers trade paperback Jimmy what do you got on the horizon Street Angel Princess of Poverty is my next book coming out from Image Comics it'll be out in November you need to pre-order it now at your local comic shop or wherever you buy books or comics it collects all the Street Angel comics that are not in Deadly Scroll Live which is also from Image Comics they'll make a really nice set on your shelf together and uh, there's no overlap between the two books. So pick them both up. You'll have all the Street Angel comics. Uh, Hulk Grand Design. This is my contribution to the Grand Design Marvel project. And uh, I believe it's out of print. So if you haven't added it to your shelf already, these copies are disappearing fast. Pick one up while you still can because once it's out of print, no guarantee that it is going to be reprinted anytime soon. And finally, I've been self-publishing lately. True Crime Funnies, three nonfiction stories in there, including two wrestling yarns, the 1986 zine celebrating the greatest year in comics history, and the BW zine celebrating the black and white explosion in self-publishing comics and oddities from the 80s and 90s that I love so much. Those are all going to be available on my website, jimrug.com, October 26th. I do have big quantities, but that is like my holiday fall sale. So if you want to add any of these books to your collection, that is the place to get them, October 26th, jimrug.com. It's imperative that you guys kayfabe affect the books because that keeps uh, the lights on in the, uh, the studios. But there are some ways to uh, directly support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, let the people know. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also pick up Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, mugs, hats, stickers, and more from our spread shop. That link is also under this video in the show notes. There you have it. Several ways to keep these videos coming to you on a regular basis. Uh, without further ado, Jimmy, please give the people their marching orders and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.